0: Guy Radio.
1: Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys, Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best. Guys, Guys Radio. I'm here to bring you guests to share their journeys, their information, their experiences. Hopefully, they'll inform you, inspire you, empower you, get you to think and feel and hopefully act. Hopefully, you'll be able to use the information you hear on the show to empower you and also uh, improve your lives, because I know everybody's stressed out, everybody's busy, everybody's reeling, uh, we're still dealing with this coronavirus, and who thought a year ago that we'd be out in August going to the beach, bringing masks along? But here we are, and as, as we have experienced, there, nobody really has a handle on this thing, and people are doing the best they can. I will say this, my old hometown of New York City, they got hammered by this uh, virus, a couple of months ago, and they did a really good job in uh, flattening the curve, if you will. So a shout out to folks in New York, and this thing is not over by any means, but we have to be mindful about it, we have to be respectful and just make the decisions based on taking care of you and your family and also being respectful to other people. That's what I would suggest. I'm not gonna get into do this or do that, but I think it's all about respecting each other as human beings, so. Guys, Guys Radio, we've got two very uh, different, very eclectic guests on here during the dog days of summer, if you will. I've got first uh, Dr. Susan Shumsky. She is an award winning author. Um, she actually won the Ben Franklin Award. Uh, this book she's got, we're going to talk about today, called The Maharishi and Me Seeking Enlightenment with the Be- Beatles Guru, uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. So, backstory in that is. Uh, Way back in the 60s, uh, Susan was traveling around with the Maharishi studying transcendental meditation, and uh, the Beatles came to India to visit the Maharishi. And they used that experience and that trip as inspiration and kind of as a muse for creating and writing many of the songs that landed on the White Album, that uh, uh, seminal double album. I think it dropped right around Christmas time, way back 1968, 69. Fantastic music on there, Sexy Sadie. Everybody's Trying to Hide, Except Me and My Baby, was that it? Um, Savoy Truffle, Dear Prudence, Back in the USSR, Rocky Raccoon. The songs go on and on, but great album. So we've got Susan here today and she's going to talk about her experiences with the Maharishi and also the Beatles experience and coming up with the songs on that album. We've also got uh, Master Ming Tong gu he is america 's leading authority and guide to wisdom healing Qigong and Qigong 's really uh, an energy energy discipline, if you will, that helps uh, uh, helps you work with your energy through movement, sound, and meditation it 's five thousand years old uh, it 's a, it's a very effective healing tool. And it, uh, it helps you kind of reset your energy and work with energy to keep you happy, healthy, and focused. So, great show on Guys Guys Radio. I can't wait to get started, so let's do it.
2: It's Guys Guy Radio.
1: Okay, it's your host, Robert Manny, Guys Guys Radio. As mentioned, we have a special guest today and a, and a really fun subject. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about our guest first. Her name is Susan Chomsky, and she's a spiritual self-help, self-help author. She's got more than a dozen books in print, and she's won an incredible amount of awards for her writing. Here's some of the top books of hers, Divine Revelation, Exploring, Meditation, The Power of Chakras, Awaken Your Third Eye, Instant Healing, and for 22 years, most interestingly, she was under the tutelage of Maharishi Mahesh Yogi in the Himalayas, the Swiss Alps, and elsewhere. And she's written a book about that called Maharishi and Me, Seeking the Enlightenment with the Beatles Guru. And it's a really cool book. It won the Ben Franklin Book Award, which is uh, which is not easy to do. That's a really tough award to win. And um, we're going to talk about a couple of their other books today, also uh, Third Eye Meditations and also Chakras. The Big Book is Chakras and Chakra Healing, but we're going to focus on Maharishi and the Beatles and their White Album. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio, Susan Shumsky. How are you, Susan?
0: I am so excited to be here today, Robert, and I'm doing great.
1: Fantastic. Okay, let's get right to it. Uh, Let's start with the Maharishi book. I mean, it said you were with the Maharishi for like 22 years. You traveled around the world with him. So quickly, could you just give us a little bit of context of how that came about and what What was your overall experience like with the Maharishi? And really, also for our listeners, just define, because it's been a while since his name has been kind of in the news, if you will. And he passed a number of years ago. Who is he? What is he all about? And uh, how did you get kind of connected to him? And then we'll work our way into uh, some of his teachings and also the Beatles and the White Album that was influenced by their stay in India with the Maharishi.
0: Well, it was the 60s. And I was a hippie. I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area. And those of us who were flower children, you know, it wasn't just all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. In fact, we were seeking what at the time we called altered states of consciousness. And our gurus at that time were Timothy Leary and Richard Alpert, who later became Rob Doss, and they right. wrote a book called The Psychedelic Experience. They told us to turn on, tune in, and drop out. And they claimed that we could reach nirvana through LSD. Uh, That didn't work out too well for me. (laughs) (laughs) When I took LSD, I actually uh, had a psychotic break because I never came down from the drug. I was having flashbacks of the drug for weeks upon weeks. And it was terrifying for me. But in any case, I was still seeking spiritual enlightenment. I was seeking nirvana. So I was reading all the books I could find upon, that talked about higher consciousness. I was reading the Buddhist scriptures. I was reading Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramahansa Yogananda. I was reading The Way of Zen by Alan Watts. And in Alan Watts' books, he said that you have to find a meditation guide. Well, in 1966 in Berkeley, California, you didn't exactly go to the Yellow Pages and right. find meditation guide or anything remotely similar to that it was a different world back then so i asked a roommate how do i find this meditation guide and he said well have you ever tried to meditate on your own i said okay i'll give it a shot so i lay down on my bed and i sort of prayed for or asked for a meditation and immediately i was propelled into this ecstatic state i could feel this cord or rush of energy rushing from the tips of my toes all the way to the top of my head. And I felt like I was plugged into a cosmic electric socket, but in the most ecstatic way. And I figured, well, I guess this is meditation. Little did I know that I had had not only had my first meditation, but also a kundalini awakening all at the same time without any drugs or any stimulants. And soon after that, A friend took me to the Transcendental Meditation Center, a Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the guru that I lived with for so many years. He was the founder of Transcendental Meditation. So when I walked into the center, I saw a picture of the guru hanging from the wall and I could feel this amazing cosmic energy just exuding from him and this love energy just coming from his eyes. And I just felt immediately this is where i'm going to learn real meditation so i did i eventually learned at that tm center when when a teacher finally came to the center i learned which was in august of 1967 during the summer of love i think that's pretty apropos that's when i first learned transcendental meditation
1: okay let's uh let's drill into that a little bit um so uh, we still have to get to how you met the maharishi but tm transcendental meditation how is that different my understanding i meditate I know how to do self-hypnosis. I take myself down and I just empty myself, basically. And then if I have a question, I ask and I just wait. And I might not get the answer during the meditation. It might come up in a symbol or something or a song or whatever later on. But I usually get some type of answer or clarity. My understanding for TM, because I was interested in possibly exploring that. So let's talk about that a little bit. What actually is that? My understanding is it uses mantras. Uh,
0: that's correct, Robert. Transcendental meditation uses uh, mantra and mantra is a Sanskrit word or group of words that in that either you think or you chant. And in transcendental meditation, it's not chanting; it's actually repeating the word mentally and just letting it go, not trying to uh, pound on it or 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 uh, force it or concentrate on it. It's just a matter of using the mantra and letting it go whenever. Let's how, go. how do you, how do you get the mantra how do
1: you, how, is the mantra chosen for you or do you come up with your own and can anybody just say all right let's say I say uh, God is everything God is everything God is everything God I mean does it matter do you have to be given assigned a mantra do you develop your own how, how does that work and what while you're meditating by repeating mentally repeating or maybe even moving your lips and saying it softly what does that do to enhance your meditative experience
0: OK, well, if you're going to learn the, the method of Transcendental Meditation, the teacher gives you a mantra uh, during a little ceremony that they do, actually. And then you use the mantra in meditation. They teach you how to use the mantra to take you deep, deep, deep into meditation. And so according to the rules of Transcendental Meditation, you know, if you want to learn that method, uh, you're given the mantra by the teacher, and, how do they how do they choose it?
1: How do they choose it, Susan? I'm sorry to interrupt. How how do they choose the mantra? Is it specifically for you, based on some type of energetic imprint, or how, how do they do that? Uh,
0: well, I'm I was a teacher of transcendental meditation. I, I guess I could say I still am, but I stopped teaching it, so I, I'm not a teacher of transcendental meditation anymore. But I was, and yeah, there's a there's a method that teachers use to choose the mantra. I'm not actually allowed to divulge that because I signed a contract when I became a teacher.
1: Let's get into your journey then. So how you got into the program, how did you meet the Maharishi? How did you end up traveling around with him? And then how did this whole, uh, uh, his relationship with the Beatles begin? it's a fast the book is fascinating it's called maharishi and me seeking enlightenment with the beatles guru my guest is uh susan susan Shumsky. it's robert manny at guys guys radio and we're talking about this book and the maharishi's influence on the beatles and also some of the influences that led to the uh songs on the white album which i want to get to so real quick how did you make your connections to the maharishi how did you travel around with him and how did the beatles get involved?
0: And I was standing in line to meet him at the airport. We were all, there was a long line of people. They made a double row for him to walk through. And he walked through the line. Everybody was handing him, offering him flowers, giving him flowers. And I had had my, I had, I was a crazed hippie at the time. I looked ridiculous. I was wearing my junk store dress and my hippie beads and my frizzy hair and, didn't ever shave my legs or my underarms and i uh, i don't either and i I looked (laughs) 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 i looked completely ridiculous and i had on my leather my funky leather uh sandals so he's walking down the line and he's cooing and smiling and saying jay guru dave jay guru dave to everybody as he's going down the line and he's getting the flowers and uh, people are offering. And, and I had my funky flowers that I had picked along the way, my wild flowers that, mm-hmm. that I had picked on the travel down because, you know, I couldn't afford that uh, to go to a actual florist and get flowers. So I hand him my, my he, he's going down the road, down the line, and he's smiling. And then he comes to me and he stops and he looks me up and he looks me down. He looks me up and he looks me down. And then he's, Sneers at me, and then he grabs the flowers from me and he goes on. So, I've of course felt completely humiliated, and it was, uh, you know, but I did look ridiculous, I have to admit. I had my granny glasses on too, by the way. So, anyway, that was my first introduction to Maharishi. But then I sat in the lecture, and as I sat there, I felt like I was going into another dimension. I could just feel this expanded energy as uh, this group, you know, large auditorium of people uh, were experiencing meditation with Maharishi.
1: So how did you then uh, start to travel with him?
0: Well, you know, I I went to India, became a transcendental meditation teacher. And then a year after that, I asked him if I could join his international staff, and he said yes.
1: So um, overall, the entire experience, all that time, how would you kind of define it in like three sentences?
0: It was a combination of heaven and hell. <laughs> That's less than three sentences. It's only three words. <laughs> I got so, it. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, well, now, the Beatles. How did— uh, I know George Harrison, I think everybody seems to think that George Harrison with the uh, Hari Krishna and he was kind of like the spiritual beetle, if you will. That's, that's just, you know, people from afar making that assumption, not necessarily the case that he was the only one. And in fact, there's some uh, uh, questions about if he was the best meditator and stuff, but how did the, how did the Beatles get connected with the Maharishi and uh, how did they all get together and say, let's all go over there? Because listen, four, young guys, very different individuals, and they all had a different experience when they were there. And it was pretty surprising to me how each of them kind of reacted and responded.
0: When they first met Maharishi August 24th of 1967, when Maharishi was giving a lecture at the uh, Hilton Hotel in London, and they were very favorably impressed by him immediately. They went backstage to meet him, And they expressed to Maharishi that they really wanted to have spiritual experiences, that they were very serious about that. And they had tried LSD, and that didn't really work for them. So Maharishi said to them that it was laudable that the youth of today want to have spiritual experiences, but drugs are not the way. Mm -hmm. And so he invited them to come the very following day, the 25th of August, to travel with him on a train to go to Bangor, North Wales, where he would be teaching a 10-day meditation retreat. Okay. So amazingly, the Beatles traveled by public transportation on this train with Maharishi, wow. They went up to the Bangor, and they were initiated, they, they learned Transcendental Meditation the next day, and then, unfortunately, on Sunday, they had to come back. They, they did intend to stay for the entire retreat, But they came back on Sunday because, unfortunately, Brian Epstein died that day, so they had to come back for the funeral. But then, yeah, Maharishi invited them to come to Rishikesh, India, uh, for the course, teacher training course, that would begin in January of 1968. And they did arrive there in February.
1: If you could, uh, give us like a little snapshot of how in your estimation, each of the four Beatles, John, Paul, George, and Ringo, responded to the work of Maharishi and what they got out of it. The understanding is from your book is that uh, their meditations there helped them flow in terms of their creative process, and they r- wrote basically the White Album. While they were there, and there's a lot of encoded messages and symbols in terms of some of the lyrics. But in your estimation, Susan, and again, it's Susan Shumsky, award-winning author. The book is Maharishi and Me, Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles' Guru. Your host, Robert Manny, Guys Guys Radio. We're talking about her time with the Maharishi and the Beatles' time with the Maharishi and kind of how they responded to the teachings of this transcendental meditation master.
0: Well, they all responded very favorably towards it, actually. Uh, Ringo stayed only for 10 days, however, in India, simply because his wife hated the insects. In fact, she was terrified of the insects there. It was a jungle. You know, there were millipedes, centipedes, scorpions, Mm -hmm. all kinds of insects. And also, uh, he had a problem with peritonitis, so he couldn't handle the food. He had Mm -hmm. brought an entire suitcase of Heinz beans with him, but uh, (laughs) believe it or not, he did but mainly they left because of their kids. They had very, very young young children. Okay. One was three and one was only six months old. So they left after 10 days. Okay. Now, Paul McCartney, uh, he also had wonderful experiences. He left after five weeks because the woman that he came with, which was Jane Asher, had mm-hmm. to go back to London for a theatrical commitment. All so right. he also had very favorable impression on the whole thing. And then John and George stayed for two months. They were the ones that were really into it and they wanted to, uh, they, had, they made all kinds of plans with Maharishi as to what they would do and how they would help spread his teaching and so on. They stayed for two months and then they left in a huff.
1: Yeah, what happened there? Why did they, That was a business-related reason, right? Was he well, kind of double-dealing? The Maharishi was making plans with other people, similar plans that he was making with the Beatles, and they found out about it, something like that. Or what What actually happened, Susan?
0: Yes, you, you nailed it right there, Robert. What happened was uh, Maharishi promised the Beatles that they would have exclusive rights to do a film about Transcendental Meditation, about him and about his guru, Uh, his teacher, Brahmananda Saraswati. And so he made this deal with Neil Aspinall. Neil Aspinall came to India and made a deal with Maharishi. Neil Aspinall was their business uh, manager at that time. So um, he came to India and then left and went back to gather together a film crew. But unfortunately, Maharishi had made the same promise to someone else. (laughs) (laughs) He had had made a promise to four-star productions of Hollywood. And all of a sudden, this lawyer from Hollywood arrived in Rishikesh, along with the head of Maharishi's organization, Charlie Lutz. This lawyer arrives with a contract, signed contract, that gave him four-star productions exclusive rights to film Maharishi for the next Five years. <laughs>
1: wow! So when the Beatles got wind of this. He didn't tell well, them, and then they said, "Okay, we're out of here."
0: Well, what happened was uh, very soon after that, uh, John Lennon opened the door to his bungalow early in the morning. He was bleary-eyed and bed-headed. He is standing on the door doorpost of his uh, bungalow, opens the door, and what does he see in front of him? A cameraman. And a director yelling, action. (laughs) And this is the four-star crew that had arrived overnight. So John and George were absolutely livid. They refused to leave their bungalow. They refused to go to the lecture hall where the lights and cameras were set up for the filming. Because they were going to be asked to be two-bit players in some other film that they didn't even know about. so then they got very angry and they started to to contemplate how maharishi how they felt maharishi had been using them all along from the first time when in 1967 he came out with a record album where he declared himself to be the guru of the beatles the teacher Uh of the
2: beatles Mm -hmm.
0: so without their permission so and and other things were going on too there was a ABC special that Maharishi kept uh, promising to ABC that he would appear with the Beatles and the Beatles kept telling him no we're not doing that and finally they got they got so sick of it that that um, Paul and George and Peter Brown flew to Sweden where Maharishi happened to be at the time and they told Maharishi, knock it off. We're not doing this ABC special. They went there just to tell him that.
1: Wow, wow. So That's amazing. They,
0: yeah, so they were, that was one of the reasons why they left India was was that, because of the film.
1: You know, it's interesting. Sometimes we have to separate the, the man from the message uh, in life, because even ascended masters, they're people too, and they're going to have their foibles. They might have a good message, but personally, they might be a little bit messed up. And I, I guess that's that's part of the whole learning that we have. Um, some of the songs. Let's just talk about because this is fun. Um, you've got uh, secret meetings and meanings and s- meanings in some of the songs. I'm going to throw a couple of names out there and just tell me uh, what you know about them. Revolution, uh, Mother Nature's Son, Blackbird.
0: Okay, so Revolution. This is a really fascinating song because people don't really know what it's about. They think it might have something to do with the 60s revolution, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. In reality, it has to do with something called the Maharishi effect. Maharishi had always said uh, that he wanted to create world peace. He wanted the world to be at peace. And he used this analogy. He said that in order for the forest to be green, the trees must be green. In order for the world to be at peace, individuals must be at peace. And I always thought that was a really sound philosophy and made sense you know how you how can you have a peaceful world if people are not at peace if they're all anxious and angry and all these things so Maharishi's goal was to get as many as people as possible to meditate so he trained 40,000 people and he uh, taught and those teachers taught 6 million people how to meditate during the during Maharishi's lifetime so okay. uh, john uh was there in India, and and by the way, they wrote the entire white album when they were in India. And this song, uh, so let me just back up for a moment. Uh, Maharishi not only talked about this idea of creating world peace through meditation, he also proved it through scientific studies. What he did is he sent hundreds of people to war-torn areas and to crime-ridden areas for them to meditate in large groups together. And then the scientists came in and did statistical studies and they found that the crime rate went down when when they were meditating in these groups and also the war subsided. So when John Lennon is talking about revolution, when he says, you say you'll change the constitution, we all want to change your head, you tell me institution, you better free your mind instead. Maharishi always said that you can never create world peace through legislation, through treaties. You can only create world peace through individuals being peaceful. Got it. So, okay, this real... is about the Maharishi effect. Okay, song, how Reverend. about,
1: um, let's do a couple others real quick because uh, we're running out of time. Mother Nature's Son and Blackbird.
0: Well, Mother Nature's Son was just that was a song about a lecture that Maharishi. Had given he used to always talk about Mother Nature and being in tune with Mother Nature and supportive nature. These were some of his buzzwords, buzz phrases he always used.
1: Okay, and then Blackbird—is that did some did Paul McCartney see a blackbird or something, or is it symbolic?
0: Well, in fact, when the White Album first came out, Paul McCartney said that Blackbird was uh, inspired by a blackbird he saw early mourning in rishikesh but then decades later he changed his tune and he said that it was about a, a black meaning african-american female meaning mm-hmm. bird which is the, an english expression for a female uh, and that that would be a black female in the civil rights movement who mm-hmm. was able to you know find her wings and and uh it, it's a beautiful song it's my favorite song from the white album
1: Let's talk about your other books real quick. One is called Third Eye Meditations, Awaken Your Mind, Spirit, and Institution. It's really about the pineal gland. What is a pineal gland? Why is it important?
0: Well, the pineal gland is where the third eye is located, meaning the sixth chakra, the, a chakra that's in the center of your head. And that is uh, the center of clairvoyance, clairaudience, and clairsentience. It's the center of of supersensory perception or subtle sensory perception, however you want to call it. So it's situated there and it is uh, also your inner teacher. It's your intuition is situated in the third eye.
1: And your other book, The Big Book of Chakras and Chakra Healing, How to Unlock Seven Energy Centers for Healing, Happiness, and Transportation. A chakra is like a, an energy wheel that uh, we have six or seven of them in our, our bodies, and then they all work together. And t- tell us really, what, what what do people need to know about their chakras?
0: So there are 14 chakras in your uh, subtle body, and they are what is keeping your physical body alive. They are regulating and uh, they are they are the source of life force energy in your system so uh that's what the chakras are now my book my book the big book of chakras and chakra healing is like an encyclopedia of the chakras it's so complete it is an unbelievable book it tells you everything you ever wanted to know about the chakra system and everything you never wanted to know about the chakra system you'll find it all in this book and it's heavily illustrated um you know, I did. Yeah, I'm an artist. One. So I did these illustrations. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very esoteric book, but it, it's really easy and simple to read. So okay. you start at the beginning and then it gets a little more complicated as you go along. OK,
1: Susan Shumsky, uh, amazing stuff. I could ask you more and more and more questions, particularly about this Beatles book. But we're out of time. So tell our audience, please, where they can learn more about you and get your books.
0: So my website is drsusan.org, that's drsusan.org, and I have another website called divinetravels.com, that's plural on the travels, divinetravels.com.
1: Great, okay, listen, you've been fantastic, Uh, really interesting stuff, the book's an award-winning book about the Maharishi and me, Susan Shumsky, thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio.
0: Well, thanks for inviting me, Robert. I really enjoyed speaking with you today.
2: Me too. Thank you. It's Guys, Guy Radio. I have a wonderful
1: guest today. His name is Master Ming Tang Gu, and he runs a place called the Wisdom Healing Qigong. And uh, wisdom healing qigong reduces stress that makes you susceptible to uh, chronic illnesses such as uh, listen the co uh, the covid 19 other viruses it can help spur faster recovery who those have uh, contracted it and it also gives healthcare professionals greater resistance through maximum stress reduction but we're going to talk about uh, qigong in general because it's a uh, to me, it's all about uh, longevity and how to release the blocked energy in your body. I am a, a Reiki master teacher and also an advanced clinical master hypnotist. And I love having people come on the show who do work with with energy. So there's no there's no magic here. It's just working with the energy that's there. Let me tell you a little bit about um, Master uh, Ming Tang Gu. He came over from uh, China uh, during the Cultural Revolution and he has two master's degrees including an MFA from Ohio State and he then got into training uh, with uh, Grandmaster Dr. Pang Ming a physician and Qigong Grandmaster trained in Western medicine uh, He runs the uh, the Qi Center just outside of Santa Fe, New Mexico And he works with students and followers all over the world and we're going to talk about Qigong itself uh, the very specialized Wisdom Healing Qigong that's about um, meditation, sound, healing, and movement. And then we're going to get into a little bit about the uh, the COVID. Even though we're starting to come out of it now, um, I think it's important that we discuss that. So, with that long introduction, welcome to Guys Guys Radio Master, Ming Tang Gu.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Robert. I'm so pleased to share with you, with all the audience listening.
1: Well, fantastic. Well, one of the things, you know, I've always been uh, attracted to Qigong, though I've never done it. Uh, as a boomer, I think we need to do more and more things that are holistic, uh, and the ancient practices can really help us. So, could you tell us a little bit about your journey uh, from the beginning and how you got into Qigong and what makes your brand, if you will, Wisdom Healing Qigong, a little bit different? And also define Qigong for our listeners.
2: Right. So, yeah, I'll make my personal story short. Sure. I came to U.S. when I was uh, early 20s, that's 35 years ago. So, actually to UCSD, <laughs> San Diego. Okay. So, it's my first place of arriving, and I was studying mathematics And for 10 years. Then I discovered passion for fine arts, as you mentioned. Then I discovered Qigong. Then realizing Qigong is a very ancient tradition, from China, you know, more than 5,000 five years old, but I didn't discover, you know, until I was in graduate school in U.S., so, and reading my teacher's book feel automatically connect deeply, intellectually, also spiritually. Then through the practice I heal the chronical injuries I had from childhood, including asthma conditions, sclerosis. So but more importantly, I discover happiness joy of life discover more connection with life, a deeper purpose with life. So I engaged with the practice very quickly in a very you know dedicated way Then completing the training in you know, a master training program back in China about 20 years ago. then I came back to US studying you know start starting to teach full time so now, um, this is my you know life passion, this is my life work, but uh, it's really simple. Um, you know, On one hand, Qigong has a long history, but on the other hand, Qigong is really working with energy. So recognizing everything is made of energy. Qi means energy, it's not like mysterious, not like a Chinese thing. <laughs> you know, It's really recognizing we're all made of energy, the physical made of energy, recognizing the space, has energy beyond just you know vacuum space. Now the quantum physics indicating this wisdom is true. But the deeper question is how you can tap into the energy to enhance your physical well-being as, you, as well as your emotional well-being as well your mental capacity. And so it's really about realizing your full potential mm-hmm. as human being. So, so as wh- a result, you enjoy more health, you enjoy more longevity. So that is his summary of what qigong is yeah
1: okay so um one of the things i touched on um is the blockage of energy when i work with reiki we help remove blockages it's no magic i'm just a conduit from energy coming in from the universe if you will it comes through my crown chakra out my hands and basically it dislodges block blockages in the people i work with and qigong does a lot of that also but it's through movement Sound healing and meditation so so, for our listeners,
2: ex- please explain how how it works and right. what people can expect so in general, Qigong. In comes in different techniques including movement to open the energy channel meridian channels and to increase in flexibility and balance and so on but also deeply is about waking in energy opening energy connecting with energy so beyond just exercises you know your mind is involved how to connect it with the subtle energy so the movement feels like graceful slow movement kind of meditative kind of exercise but the deeper energy energetic dimension is not well known for people if, until you do it, mm-hmm. until you do it. So that's the internal experience. Then another quality is really beyond just the movement, you can do sound practice. The vibration sound practice is very universal in different spiritual traditions. Mm-hmm. And when you sing, you feel better, yeah? When right. you listen to the music, you feel better. But this sound we do is make it simple. So you think of yourself, you're using your body as a music instrument. And you don't have to be a professional musician. You're just making these particular sounds allow you tap into the vibration, the energy of your organ, okay. for example. The heart, for example, you're making shiiiine. You're not only feeling better overall, but you're feeling more direct, intimate connection with your Mm -hmm. own heart. And Mm -hmm. you feel the energy of the heart. You feel this warmness, openness of your heart. So there's a result, you feel more joy. Feel more loving kindness. As a result, we feel more connection, compassion, especially this time, you know, of great need, great challenge right now. So these technique allow you really tap into the deeper dimension of your body, energy. The energy is like really the source of life, the source of life. Right. So then you're using your mind to focus on the energy instead of your story, instead of you know your history instead of whatever challenging, whatever complexities. So you go inwardly, start to make a difference in your energy body. Then this internal change initiating deeper change of your health, your well-being, but also your creativity, your contribution to life in general. So.
1: When an individual is practicing, they're doing some movement. They're probably doing some sound and some meditation. Do they need? Can you do this on your own? Is it better in a group? Do you need to be led? How long does it take to learn, etc.?
2: Right. The best being practicing in group. Best, Mm -hmm. especially if in person. Yeah. Now the second best. Is practicing in group online together. Mm, sure. <laughs> a lot of online programs. You start to feel your heart open much bigger. You start to feel connection with each other. And then, but another really important thing is the best is to follow experienced the teacher. So you can do your own, but it's not as effective. You still benefit, but you're not trained as a master, trained as you know, serious practitioner. Until then, then you can receive in the guidance, but also the teacher is sharing the energy with you. The energy is invisible. But that's why you need a teacher, you know, you mm-hmm. cannot like reaching out. Okay, right. give me this energy like food, you know, you eat it, it's visible. <laughs> <laughs> so the subtle energy you have to, you know, really cultivating this connection, use your mind properly and cultivating the skill of the time, moving in certain ways so can access the energy more powerfully. So the question often you, you know, asking students is really, what is the best way to generating the maximum benefit? So it's not like what is a comfortable way, what is the easy way to do it. That is not the right question. <laughs> okay. Um, so if you how, can access slow online. That's
1: easier. Okay. How how long would a typical uh, session last? Uh, I know when we're developing habits, we need to do things like a number of days in a row, from 21 to 100 days in a row, whatever, to really lock something in. I'll give you an example. I do uh, Dan Millman, the man who wrote The Peaceful Warrior. He's got a Peaceful Warrior workout. It's a series of 15 movements. I interviewed him, uh, and I sat across from him, and I couldn't believe how great he looked. And he's 75, I think he's 75 years old now, and he looked just an in, in incredible shape I said how long have you been doing this well he's been doing that practice for like third every day for like 35 years so I'm on my third year of it and it makes it opens things up for me it feels fantastic so when you're working with uh, somebody's working with wisdom healing Qigong uh, what what can, what should their expectations be in terms of uh, being able to put this into practice and to get some uh, tangible results
2: Beautiful. Yeah, I like that man. Then basically he's doing Qigong, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's another form of Qigong he's doing. Maybe more leaning towards martial art, but still it's a form of Qigong he's doing. So the key is doing it consistently as long as you can. So in terms of how long you should be doing, it's more about how long you want to do. So mm-hmm. it's a, literally it's a scientific. So like more you invest in the time, the more result you're going to receive, really basically. The more consistent, then the cumulative result is more important than, oh, sporadically, doing one hour, two hours, I'm experiencing power, experiencing aliveness, energy, and so on. That's great. But if you don't do consistently, then they we're off. But so that is about life energy. It's about life. It's a continuously living experience. You're not like uh, you know you, you gain something, you own something. It's a continuous flow of mm-hmm. energy allow you in a better place of your health, better place of your life in general. So the consistency is the key. so you can start in say 15 minutes. Got it. And every day do 15 minutes is better than sporadically do one hour here, two hours there. right So then you can increase over the time saying I'm ready for 30 minutes. Now I'm ready for one hour. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy so much, even I'm teaching so much, and still do my own personal practice for about one hour a day. So that mm-hmm. is my own.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. Okay, Guys Guys Radio, your host, Robert Manny. My special guest is Master Ming Tang Gu. We're talking about the wisdom healing Qigong that he has uh, mastered and he teaches. And you mentioned that there's five secrets of your brand, I'll put that in quotes, of wisdom healing Qigong. Um, connecting with the ocean of light using your mind is a couple of other areas but let me let me allow you to take the, our audience through what are those five secrets
2: mm, mm, yeah first is uh, cultivating awareness become more aware so especially right now you know, we're responding everything, you know, out of habit, out of fear, out of anxiety. We're not consciously aware. First thing is for example, if we're stressed, the body carry all the stressful energy, contraction. But we're not aware of the body. So the mind mm. is continuously searching for solution externally or blaming something externally, someone else, something else. Then the body carries this this stress over the time, then become the cause for disease, cause for problems over the time, continuously for rest of life, including unnecessary suffering. So that's first step is awareness. Then the second step is connection. So what are you connecting? So most time we're just connecting with a story connecting with whatever problematic, complaining about, resisting about it. And so we learn to connect with subtle energy. We learn to connect with the body, learn to connect in with the essence of energy. So visualizing the ocean of light, you start to feel very different. Feel hmm. safe, feel connected, feel empowered. Then the next day is really bring this energy of the universe to your own body. So you start to feel the external, internal is connected. Stuff feels energy of the earth is continuously nourishing us, empowering us. We're not separate from that. So that's the next step. Then, deeply, you do the transformation. We're recognizing oh, a lot of my habit is not so healthy. A lot of my experience, feeling pain, feeling anxiety, is really expression of contracted energy in my body. Mm-hmm. So, this movement is helping continuously opening energy moving energy but also the mental work you know really opening your mind beyond your story really cultivating let's say another level of awareness another level of creativity upgrading your operating system so that is kind of Mm -hmm. another secret. the last one is really service Mm -hmm. that's so important Mm -hmm. so important so it's like whatever you experience it's good for you learn to share with others
1: with the collective right
2: exactly yeah you know holding this intention you know the highest vision of health and happiness and the peace not only for yourself for your family for a community but for humanity okay. for the planet earth by doing that then you naturally the energy start to respond to you from this deeper conviction for life
1: mm-hmm I understand. Um, so now, with we have the COVID nineteen and um, and other there's you know a lot of autoimmune chronic diseases out there. And you've had your health issues. I've had some health issues in the past. And I used uh, I used love to make the things in my body go away and to free up where I had um, uh, energetic um, uh, trauma stored in my organs and I had to work my way through that, and I did it through what I felt was love. Tell us how people can, uh, how you deal with, and how people can deal with what's going on in the collective with the COVID-19, and how we can keep ourselves healthy, and also send out the right energy to keep our planet healthy.
2: Absolutely, you know, um, as you said, ultimately, the ultimate medicine is love, but how to activate love, how right. to, you know, practice love. <laughs> how to share love is more than just a normal way think of love, you know, give a hug, feels love, that's great, you know, you love something you love, you like, that's great, but how to love more unconditionally, how to love more energetically, how to love more purposefully, for example, as part of healing, for example, that is more energetic experience of love, that's what I'm saying, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, for the time being, right now, is really uh, when we're experiencing so much challenges in mean, the whole list of challenges: health, a lot of pride,
1: fear, but, fear you know, and stress, uh, and all out
2: there. Uncertainty, uncertainty, environmental issue, social issue, political issue, relationship issue—you name it—it's all kind of activated now. But at the, beyond the, the violence, I think the most stressful, most challenging aspect is fear is anxiety. Mm -hmm. So that's a normal human response to survive, basically. Whatever crisis we're experiencing, we're responding with fear. Then we know the fear is creating an energetic contraction, creating the cortisone in the body, continuously compromising our health, compromising our creativity, also limiting our capacity for love, basically. So basically, when more we're aware of that, the more we can go into the body, in this case is the one of the most powerful uh, process I have discovered is slow the sound, slow the sound. So the fear is a contracted energy in your kidney system. And when you're making the sound, you are activating, opening this energy again. When the energy is flowing well, then you you're experiencing the power come back. You're feeling mm-hmm. more resourceful, feeling more empowered, Feeling more nourishment, so you less responding into life. from um, contracted fear, for anxiety or fight-flight flight pattern. So right. when this fight-flight pattern, you're know, continuously creating vicious cycle of more problem right. in your life, personally, collectively. So that is it. one way I see to solve the big puzzles.
1: Okay, well we only uh, scratched the surface. There's so much more. and My special guest. Uh, is Master Ming Tang Gu, and his uh, teaching is Wisdom Healing Qigong, and his, uh, his uh, work is uh, centered in New Mexico. So could you tell our listeners where they can, you know, what's a good way to start out exploring Qigong, learning about how, your method of it, and uh, kind of getting involved?
2: Yeah, well, John recommending um, starting online program. And we have plenty of free resources to support you first. That's at the Qi Center website, c-h-i-center.com. And also, you want, if you want to receive more free inf- information plus practice video, is centercom forward slash ancient secret. And particularly including a mini course to enhance the meal system, especially at this time of great need right now so all the resources available online on the website and uh, we're here to support you and share this ancient wisdom now it's so relevant for the contemporary culture
1: fantastic well listen uh master ming Tong gu uh america's leading authority and guide to wisdom healing qigong um Thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. I think what you're doing is fantastic. We need more of it. And I, I learned a lot. And I hope our listeners did also. And and you're a Guys Guy. So thank you for being here.
2: Keep <clears throat> doing the good work. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. It's Guys
1: Guy Radio. Two very different guests here on Guys, Guys Radio, yet they were both very interesting and illuminating with uh, some of their knowledge. And I like to keep it diverse here. Uh, It's it's August dog days, kind of sprinkle in a lot of different ideas to help us kind of, you know, look beyond that fence in our backyard for some new ways of thinking. So first we had Dr. Susan Shumsky, and she spent time traveling, many years actually, with the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi and wrote this book, The Maharishi and Me, Seeking Enlightenment with the Beatles' Guru, all about the Beatles visiting and spending time in India with the Maharishi back, I think, around 1967, 68. And then their uh, creation of a lot of the songs from their uh, seminal White Album. And really good discussion there. What did we learn? Well, I think we learned that the Beatles, are like other artists, you know, they, they draw their inspirations from their travels their muse can be anything and in this case it was meeting the Maharishi spending time in India and it was a double album of fantastic songs the white album bungalow bill sexy Sadie birthday back in the USSR though I don't think that one came from India but a lot of great songs on that album really good stories by Susan Shumsky and she is an acclaimed author so great to have her on the show and then on the flip side, we had Master Ming Tang Gu talking about Qigong. And What did we learn there? Well, we learned that Qigong is an, another effective uh, way of working with energy. And as we know, everything's energy. And any time you can kind of manipulate it and work with it and find peace with it and find enlightenment with it and use it through your meditations, etc., it's really helpful. So uh, Master Ming Tang Gu helped us out there, and he is the America's leading authority and guide to wisdom healing Qigong, which he calls it. So, good show today on Guys Guys Radio. We're here on KCAA every Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Pacific Time, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. The pod drops worldwide on Thursday. We are like everywhere with the pod. We're on iHeart, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher, Deezer, CastBox, PodChaser, TuneIn Radio, just everywhere, Blog Talk Radio. You can stream it on kcaa.com, my website, Robert Manny, or you can check it out also on my new YouTube channel. If you go to uh, YouTube, just put down Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I, and you'll get Guys Guys TV. Let's talk a little bit about my website real quick. uh, The reason I mention it, there's a lot of information there, over 300 plus blog posts, everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness through kind of my Guys Guys Lens, and also you can download three free chapters to my critically acclaimed novel, The Guys Guys Guide to Love, which has been called like a really great beach read, but it's fun and it's chunky. There's 350 pages to it, and it's called A Sexy Romp Through the Fast-Moving High-Stake World of Madison Avenue. Guys Guys Guide to Love. It's a a fun book, and uh, iconic 20th century author Dan Wakefield uh, deemed it the male successor to sex in the city. So if you like fast, fun, and sexy, you like flawed men and smart women, the guys, guys guide to love is a source material for everything guys guys. So I hope you can check that out. Also, you can follow me on social media. I am all over the place. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I mentioned my new YouTube channel, Guys Guys TV. And if you want to support the show, pick up my book on Amazon, or wherever you buy your books, and rate, review, subscribe on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Guys Guys Radio. So we're here for you every week. We've done 420-something shows now, and we've got a lot more lined up, and it's all about uh, informing you and hopefully inspiring you and empowering you and getting you to think and feel and act. Guys Guys Radio. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to see you next week. Hope you're uh, handling the summer crazy summer that we have as best as you can so stay safe and as i always like to say guys guys finish first